this week on our final Downton Classic episode, as suggested by you, the fans, we jump back to the cheerful Charlie, season one, episode two, all the way in the beginning. Matthew and Isabel are just showing up, and we see Isabel takes a keen interest in the hospital very quickly. So we got some Clarks in here. We got the first appearance of Mosley. We got Barrow and Daisy, O'Brien, a young Bates. Everything is so fresh and so new. Let's say goodbye to Downton for now and enjoy this final episode this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. For the last time in a while, we're watching the Downton Abbey episode, mm-hmm. but how are we doing in the real world, Corey? Okay. Just okay. I think that's uh, the best I can say right now. How about you, Dave? Well, I got to say, a little, a little better than last week. I was very cold last week because we found out in this house, this new ho- home that I am living in, that our oil tank was empty. So... <laughs> When it started Wait, getting what? cold, <laughs> explain that a little bit more. So we moved in in July, and you don't really need much oil aside from hot water and and the occasional this or that around the house. So we we made it through the summer no problems, and then we went to go turn the heat on, and we went to look at the oil tank, and it was it was like a gas tank on empty. So last week, for those not in New England, it got. It turned into fall pretty much out of the blue. Mm. So it was very cold out, and we were trying our best, but we finally got an oil delivery yesterday. So now I'm. How expensive was that? It was expensive. I mean, it wasn't the most expensive thing we've had to swipe a credit card on since owning a home, but it was not easy. (laughs) It's, but it's all worth it because now it's comfortable in the house. (laughs) You you understand why it was so cold last week? It all comes together now. Well. I did not have to deal with that. But, but yeah, one of the perks of renting is you never need to worry if it's if it's out of your hands. You're just like, okay. I just got card operated. I'm getting card operated laundry machines this week, actually. After wow. Using, so what are you gonna do with all those quarters? <laughs> just uh. You going to the arcade? Just gonna yeah, just try and spin them around. You know, just see how long they can spin. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> so, you know, there there's uh, gives and takes with the with whatever you choose to do. What? Yeah. Uh, well, any news in our our programs? I know last week was kind of a big news week. They're ramping up the promotions uh, for The Crown season six. They released some stills from this upcoming season. You see Diana. You see uh, uh, Dodie Fayette, her boyfriend. Uh, the boys in it too. Uh, we <laughs> get uh, Mohammed Al Fayed. He'll be back. Uh, there we go. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, Prince Charles and uh, Queen Elizabeth. All, it's exactly what you expected the crown to look like. So it's just a re- reaffirmation that it, it's coming. Yeah. I mean, if the crown surprised us, then I think we'd be knocked out of our chairs. Yeah. It's by the same token, Gilded Age, they're releasing short clips from the season. Um, one of our listeners, Sonia, even sent me one on, on Instagram. I'm trying to avoid the spoilers, but they are they're putting stuff out there for, to get mm-hmm. us all hyped for Gilded Age. And as a reminder, y'all, October 29th, it's back, in, at least in yeah. North America. Don't know about the rest of the world, but you can find a way to get it. Yeah. Um, 
I, I said it in the intro, and I just said it now. This next week, we will be rewatching the Gilded Age season one finale to catch us up to where we are in the story. Just because mm-hmm. when we watched the trailer, both of us were like, "Well, who's this guy? Who's this guy?" We totally <laughs> forgot everybody. So we're gonna yeah. just catch ourselves up and try to get the hype train rolling because God knows we're fired up for the Gilded Age. Absolutely. Um, aside from that, though. Again, this week we're returning to Down, and then, Dave, what what made us show up here at Season 1, Episode 2? So this is kind of a two-pronged attack. Um, so I put in our, our Facebook group, the Lords of Grantham Lounge, for our patrons. Uh, we, we, we needed to fill this time with fan-chosen episodes. We thought we might get a little more pole dark. We thought we might get a little more, maybe a crown, but... <laughs> no one wants all to down. the crown. All Downton. And yeah. uh, our friend Judy... Suggested we go back to the the cheerful Charlies or charming Charlies as we say all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we had uh, a few friends that requested episodes that were just too long for us to watch, or we'd already revisited them. But mm-hmm. also, you kind of started a conversation about this in our Patreon group as well. Yeah, and we can discuss that either right now or when we get to it in the story. So I'll, I'll leave that the ball in your court. We can we can hold on that. Uh, okay. But, yeah, we're jumping in early to, to down. I think we already re- revisited the pilot. Uh, yes. Once. Yes, we absolutely did. But you can see in this episode, episode two of uh, season one of Down Abbey, it's still very much carrying over the what they're trying to work out in terms of that first episode. You see the, the mm-hmm. way, the visual of this episode. There's, st- for some reason, like the center of the screen isn't focused while the out, outside of it is kind of blurred out or uh, <laughs> uh, not quite as in focus. A um, lot, lot of natural lighting going on. It, it, does, it just feels very much more, you know, more shaky cam going on too. It, it's kind of trying to go for this more natural feel that... that yeah, there's, uh, there's a handful of scenes that are outside that really don't have any business being outside. Mm-hmm. Like there's a scene where Thomas is... Uh, or Tom... No, he is Thomas. Yeah, uh, Barrow is fixing a clock just outside. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you doing out here? He's like, I'm fixing the clock. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't it have to be feels, outside, but he's just outside fixing the clock. It definitely feels as later seasons go on, they spend less time in that that courtyard, and maybe it's because they shot more on a studio, the downstairs uh, material. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it feels a little different, and you can definitely feel with how many actors there are, how they're still feeling out the role. You know, people don't quite like Robert's like Hugh Bonneville, the way he portrays Robert. He seems a little bit more. I don't know. It's hard to put a finger on why he doesn't quite feel like the Robert we know. He feels a little bit more loose in the way he carries Mm -hmm. himself, even though Um, Robert becomes a more loose and loose character as the show goes on. Yeah, maybe he's projecting. Also, Jim Carter has like a different inflection. Yeah, well, and that. We'll we'll talk about that as we get there again, but, but yeah, I think that's one of the, our worries too. about about our good friend Abacus Crunch from Wonka, Jim Carter, Mister Carson. That, that's correct, Dave. They did release a poster last week for the <laughs> upcoming film Wonka with Jim Carter as Abacus Crunch. Get excited, people! Jim Carter's in the movies this Christmas coming at you. He's back. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But the only thing about this episode, though, that I couldn't shake, in that it doesn't quite feel like the doubt we know yet is because how 
not integrated Matthew is to the family yet. And even mm-hmm. the, the way they're saying, like, we haven't seen Matthew. We have never, we've never met him. The, Isabel is a complete, like, non-entity that they're not familiar with. It's uh, even Mosley gets a moment too to introduce himself. It, it's very much still putting pieces in place. It's uh, it's kind of interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. So do we want to just jump right into that then? Yeah. So Matthew and Isabel, this is their first arrival. Uh, mm-hmm. And we meet Mosley at the gate, and and Mosley is. It, 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 this is again very much what we're saying. These characters have yet to really settle into what they're becoming. Some characters kind of come out the gate right on. O'Brien and Daisy are O'Brien and Daisy and Patmore are like out the gate. I would say Patmore is a little bit more abusive towards Daisy in the early goings here. To the oh board, yeah, well, like, I mean, should we call child services the way she treats Daisy? <laughs> that's probably fine for that era, but yeah, it, it is for that era. But Mo- Mosley's very stoic isn't the right word, but reserved. He's quiet. He's keeping to himself, kind of. He's not... The cracks ex- The cracks haven't been shown yet of, of what kind of person he is. Yeah, he's not a lovable comic relief character no. yet. He's just trying to... So, like, his storyline is just him trying to fit in with Matthew coming into the picture. Uh, because, as we learned, there's the inheritance. And so that means Matthew and Isabel have to be elevated uh, because they're the heirs. To, to yeah, Matthew's heir apparent. Yeah, and so that means inheriting uh, Mosley in that home. Isabel's just looking around like, I could get used to this. <laughs> yeah, and Matthew's Matthew, like, I can't. I hate this. Yeah, Matthew is openly just against it, as we know. And Isabel says, yeah, pipe down. It, 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 we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, Matthew has like two or three scenes where Mosley's like in the corner, and he's like, I don't want, I don't want him here. And then Isabel's like. Hush, and Mosley clearly sees it. Bad, bad look for Matthew. Right. It's funny, too, because Isabel is the righteous one, and we do see streaks of that in this episode. But in this moment, it does feel like, well, she's not like she's not protesting too much, as she probably would later down the line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, before he has yeah, to before I, I th- figure it out. Yeah, I think she's also kind of, her, her age is there. Like, Matthew, I think, is still full of piss and vinegar trying to be this young lawyer who's who's doing things in Manchester. Mm-hmm. And mom, Isabel, is just like, look, we got this really great opportunity. Let's stop. Let's calm down, know your role, and shut your mouth. Yeah. Uh, and we can continue on this track here with, with Matthew. Uh, so there's a lot of moments in this episode where Matthew is just kind of doing faux pas where he's taking a biscuit off a plate <laughs> and just eating it <laughs> right off. Yeah, pouring himself tea right in front of Mosley. And you see Mosley just like cringing to himself. Yeah, he's a gas. Uh, and, and then well, the, his, the, his first interaction with Lady Mary is him saying that he really hopes that um, Robert is not trying to marry off one of his daughters on him so they can keep the family or mm-hmm. push off one of the daughters as he says, and Mary like walks in right at that moment, and and Matthew is. He's a gent- gentlemanly enough to go out and apologize to her face to face to say, "Hey, I didn't mean it. I was just kidding around." And she's like, "Well, I don't want to push into anything that you're into." So she's the rapport from from introduction is there between these two, and, and part of it too is Mary's coming into it like I don't really want to have to engage with this guy. I'm just doing this because. 
trying to play ball here. This guy's supposed to be inheriting fortune. He's family. Let's do this. Uh, but yeah, to hear Matthew coming in hot like that just really sets her more in her ways of just being negative. <laughs> like, get out of here. And it's a great Mary look. She's got her like top hat on. Mm-hmm. She comes in like in a riding outfit. If I'm Matthew, I'm I would, you know, I would double back and be like, "Ooh, okay, this yeah. cousin." Oh what? no, and he he is like <laughs> speechless when she arrives. Not because she heard them, because it wasn't clear immediately that she'd heard them. It's more so, hamana hamana. Uh, his He's eyes like, pop out, his marry, tongue is wagging. I gotta marry what cousin? This cousin? Yeah. Ma, can, can I marry my cousin? Is that okay? that. <laughs> you didn't tell me we had these cousins in, in, around here. Or what? He, he started. He pulls out the family trees. Like, how far down will the kids have? Like six fingers or no? Is that gonna? Are we good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, a lot, a lot of Matthew hot takes. When he gets introduced to the house, he's like, oh, well, you really brought out the welcome wagon for me here. huh?" Some of the things Which I do not- think are a little bit, ob- like they, they play strange. Like mm-hmm. that, that scene that you're talking about where he just makes that comment offhand, like that's not that wild of a comment. I think Julian could have made it no. a little bit more awkward. You just think he'd be a little bit more uh, reserved, I guess, in his initial yeah, comments. Yeah, I guess. Idea. Uh, and, there's also the I moment mean, too at the table later on though where he's saying like well, I got a job to do <laughs> I gotta go to work which offends Robert because he's saying you yeah Robert's like dude I need I need you to help me bro mm-hmm. you're my fairy tale boy you don't know it yet but you will yeah. be to which we get the classic well you know there's always weekends and all the hours in the day and, and Isabel or Violet says well, what is a weekend episode 2 baby iconic classic uh, man, we should have brought in, we should have brought in our friend's dad. He always said when we cover this episode to bring him in to do the episode, <laughs> and now we did it again without him. Oh yeah, geez, we're gonna have to call out Rob, Rob, right? <laughs> yeah, Robert, Rob Ferguson. Our friend, if you're listening, dad was named Robert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, is there anything else with Matthew this episode? There, I mean, there's a lot of back and forth, there's, with Robert. There's the interaction with Robert, which I think is a fantastic moment. Where after, you know, they there's also this the bit where like Barrow is basically telling him, like, you can serve yourself off of this. This is how this works. And Matthew takes that more along the line of like, oh, I'm going to serve myself. I'm good. And it's like, come on, bro. So then later, you know, Matthew and Robert are walking around and and Robert's like, is this everything you thought it was going to be? And Matthew says something along the lines of, hey, you know really don't i kind of want to let mosley go because i don't feel like i need him and robert's like like this is this is this world like for you this is some crazy foreign land but this is my life's work this this home this community i mean the hospital is even basically his which we Mm -hmm. established pretty early on and i think he has this sort of verbal smackdown that he gives it's very calm it's very much like it's like the second go around between isabel Saying like you know like calm down, and then Robert's mm-hmm. like just get used to this like yeah give it a shot. This machine works. One if 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 you fire this person, you're gonna fire this person, this person, this person. All these people are gonna be out of livelihood because you just don't want them. Mm-hmm. Like what kind of guy? What kind of guy is you, man? Like who do you think you are? And then we get the great scene later where Mosley's helping Matthew get dressed, and he's like, I don't like these cufflinks. Don't you think that there's fancier ones? And mostly you yeah. can see the little smile on his face. He's like, I'm I'm useful. 
Yay! Do something. And yeah, he, he gets the, the stain out of uh, his jacket, to which Matthew is very impressed, and Mosley tells him, I know a few things, which I feel like this is the one win that Mosley gets for a few seasons where it's like, wait, he actually does do something pretty well. Who <laughs> mm-hmm. knew? Uh, but yeah, that's Matthew this episode, you know, uh, looking paunchy too, you know, and yeah, maybe that's what they, they hair. did. They, they started serving him differently. So he stopped eating like the, the biscuits and stuff like that. He started eating healthier. Yeah, he stopped serving himself. You're more conscious of what you're eating when you're taking it off, when you're taking it off a plate being handed to you by a human rather than just like sneaking away into the pantry. Yeah. So where do we go from here? I guess there's really not too many plots in this episode. There's the hospital, and then there's old J- Mr. Carson. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, is there anything going on with Hughes and Barrow? They're just scheming, to getting in digs against uh, Bates. O'Brien and Barrow, yeah. O'Brien and Barrow, I'm sorry. God, I mean, he and, he, Hughes isn't very present this episode, and that's why I'm always confused between Hughes and O'Brien, because Hughes is not... She's kind of taking a backseat early on in the first season. This is this is the episode where Hughes is, is. We're establishing that Hughes is sort of anti the the bosses. Mm-hmm. She's there to do her job. She doesn't need to to you know put them on a pedestal and idolize them. As we see late in the episode, where Mister Carson's like, "You want to walk with me to this thing?" and Hughes is like, "Yeah, fine." You know, like even though I don't like these people that much, I'll do it for you. Yeah. Uh, we do see a lot of smoking downstairs too, which I feel like dies away, <laughs> and where it's like oh, associated yeah, yeah, with evil people. But like Bates mm-hmm. is smoking a cig uh, this episode. Yeah, he's smoking a joint <laughs> for his knee pain. Yeah, I, I do like the looks of Bates this episode. We got the black gloves, black hat, the cane. He's just looking like a boss. Yeah, Bates is in his bag because he's still fairly novel, and yeah. I mean we do get like one scene of Bates and Anna where. The two of them are just in the the servants' quarters, chit chatting about, you know, mm-hmm. nothing really. They don't even get that much of a conversation. But you see, we're planting the seeds for their romance. Yeah. Uh, but what, but also yeah. downstairs, there's the Daisy and Barrow situation, where Daisy and William, <laughs> William's jacket has a tear in it, and Carson kind of tears him down. He's like, "Look, I don't." Th- this is the one line of dialogue that sets up. Carson to be knocked down where he mm-hmm. screams at William in front of everybody and he's like this is this will not stand for no real justifiable yeah. reason William is just you know being a young guy these are all young servants and he's saying you gotta be professional yo <laughs> well in fairness William is like playing the piano downstairs and he's like yeah I'll do it before before we serve again and Carson's like dude you're on the clock man this is my time you're wasting go mm-hmm. do it right now and then Daisy's yeah. like, yeah, we've all gotten yelled at by Mr. Carson. But Daisy yeah. doesn't have eyes for William yet. No, no, she's like, what, what about Barrow? Uh, well, he dances with her, and he sweeps her off her feet, and she's like, oh, my God, it was amazing. I, can't, I, I, I truly wonder, how good of a dancer is Barrow to really sweep a girl off her feet, or is it just Daisy's that dim to think, like, this is a good dancer? I think Daisy's that dim. But also Barrow is... Nimble on his feet, and there's yeah. there's the, that great interaction where uh, Pat Moore is, you know, they're talking about like, oh well, you know, like you're kind of getting hot with William Hunt. She's like, nah, I mean, William's not like a man, like, like, like Mr. Barrow. And to Pat be fair, ba- like, Barrow, what Barrow kind looks, of man? <laughs> Barrow looks attractive this episode. 
you know? Oh yeah. He's he's clean cut. Yeah, but but Pat Moore kind of clocking that he's he's gay. Mm-hmm. Is is very uh, astute, and also probably they wouldn't be thrilled about him being gay, if we're yeah. being honest. But that's really. There's also the scene where O'Brien refers to Matthew as Mister Mister Nobody from Nowhere, as Cora walks in on them. Yeah. And Cora says, "If we're to be friends," which I think is hilarious that she refers to O'Brien as a friend. Mm-hmm. It's like you got to cut that out. Yeah. I still feel Julian was very much feeling out these characters. So, like, even then, he's like, no. And he does do that, though, actually. I take that back. He does do that of making O'Brien in Corp fairly close up until the finale where things pivot from there on out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, well, I mean, yeah, there's no um, uh, Branson in this episode. He's not around. Yeah, Sybil and Edith are just background players. Yeah, but he, you got to say he does dive headfirst into these characters that he involves. Like Clarkson is a big deal, and and for episode two, there's not a lot of like, hey, this is Doctor Clarkson. He's this that, that. and you know, like yeah. we just dive in. He's a he's a doctor. He has also, his methods. Early it. on, too, we get Clarkson with the rolled up sleeves. I know I'm jumping ahead, but like, they're really showing like this guy. He could have romantic prospects if he wants. I mean, I'm just saying, rolled up sleeves are an attractive look, and he rocks it really hard. And I don't know why Isabel wasn't taking a second look at him. Like, what was she doing? She was too busy well, focused I mean, on. In, the, in this episode, do we want to talk about it? We're we're talking about it. Yeah. So this is the episode where your, one of your favorite characters is introduced, Mr. Dropsy himself, John Drake. Oh my god! We don't even really get introduced to him. He's just laid up in a bed. Yeah, we see his wife crying, but it's Mister Mister Drake, the tractor man, as we mm-hmm. learn later on. He's on death's door with dropsy, and Isabel comes in. And she's like, "Hey, I know this world. I used to be a nurse. My my late husband was a doctor. His father was a doctor, and his brother was a doctor. I know all about this." Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Clarkson, what do you think about using adrenaline? And Dr. Clarkson's like, who are well, you? Let me t- <laughs> like, he goes, let me tell you about this. We can't just give the poor people adrenaline. Because then we're setting a precedent that everyone can have adrenaline. To which mm-hmm. Isabel's like, I think we can give, I think we should do it. I don't care what you say. This is a hospital. We have the means. Let's do it. Yeah. And this goes all the way to the point where the dowager tries to do a run-in and stop this procedure from happening. Yeah. Because, I mean, she is... as I love how they kind of drop this thread. Well, no, they bring it back in season two. That's true. It is actually a pretty consistent thread that she is in charge of this hospital. So, yeah, can't let people like Isabel run in here and, and give recommendations. Like, who are you? Yeah, so that, I mean, is, is she eating dinner with, or having, like, a meal with Cora... And Cora's like, oh boy, Isabel's about to get her way with this new treatment. And the Dowager's like, not if I can get there first. And this little old lady runs. She bolts over there. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, so just on the Drake piece of it, they have him laid up yeah. in bed. And I don't know if you can tell, Dave, the prosthetics they have on his legs to make them look sick. You can literally see this, where the sleeve ends at their feet. <laughs> you, you, can, you can literally see that they just shove this well, on like their legs. The, the the nasty growths look pretty good though. 
Yeah. And what was his actual disease? It's dropsy is what it is. I don't know exactly oh. what. Been I'm there. sure we d- liberated this. Yeah. When we but first before. watched it. Um, but you know the wild thing to me is that they literally, the, this actor uh, who plays John Drake and his wife, even though they don't really have much dialogue, they, they are the same actors that show up the next season for, for Edith. Uh-huh. I don't know if they had them contracted for two episodes, but deep pull to have to, to bring them back just to play that storyline out again. Mm-hmm. So Dropsy, uh, a one-sentence definition of what it is, a condition characterized by an excess of watery fluid collecting in the cavities or tissues of the body. So he just got, like, bloated knees. Well, I mean, <laughs> it does look like when they're draining them later on, it looks like it's just they're pumping out urine. Yeah, it looked like chicken broth. Like I was like, okay, that's, that's what's in his heart. Yeah, and then Clarkson takes a takes a sip of it and says, "Mmm, I like it like that." Good <laughs> finger licking. <laughs> Sorry, it's a pop, real big there. Um, so yeah, they inject the adrenaline based on Isabel's uh, recommendation. You know, I, th- I like to think Clarkson did some extra research and was like, you know, she may be onto something. Maybe I'm being a little too headstrong here. Well, there's is that the there's the line that's like. I believe it's the, the dowager comes in and she's like, you all need to stop this madness. We need to yeah. let this man's last few moments of life be peaceful instead of chaotic like this. And then the wife just turns to the dowager, which is great. Obviously a moment mm-hmm. of real emotional vulnerability and says, I don't want this to be my husband's last few moments no. of life. And and then they just say, step back lady. Like, who do you think you are? And she steps back and then, you know, it's like, give him the shot. Yep. And then he's and, up. He's awake. You know, they remind him of this in the next season when he's off dill dallying with uh, Edith. I was there to say, save my husband. <laughs> they they bring it up. And then she drinks more of the fluids that were <laughs> dropped out of his body because they taste so like, good. like, you want a little soup? <laughs> it's like a, Got a, lot like of a beef leftover. bouillon cube. They freeze it. <laughs> Make, make some good jambalaya out of those fluids with heart um, fluid oh yeah they don't really spend much time on it but they do linger on the shot of those fluids being drained yeah I was like why do we wait what is this <laughs> why, Julian why like, does it look so this easy? is a great idea this week that we have bodily fluids featured heart heart water how many viewers of down dropped off when they saw that like I don't know this is too real for me I'll probably say single digits Maybe yeah. double digits, less than a hundred, but more than much. five. <laughs> they, they didn't need to go there with that, but uh, well, they, they, he survived at least, and uh, yeah, Clarkson re- respects Isabel a little bit afterwards to the point where at the end of the episode he's making a speech about you know how we should all come together, and and welcome each other, and and Isabel becomes the co-president of the hospital. Yeah, <laughs> Isabel just. You know, if I were the dowager, I'd be like, "You are out of your freaking mind." I've been here my whole life. This woman's been here for a week, and she saved one life. This is classic, like TV writing, where at the last minute, it's like, uh, let's give her something to do. It doesn't matter that it doesn't make any sense because, uh, to your point, Dave, Violet's been there for decades in charge of this. No, no, no. Let's just have Isabel come in from the top rope here. Yeah, okay. not even like she's gonna consult for a couple weeks or a year, and then. We'll see mm-hmm. how her and her her son establish themselves, or we see if there's another heir apparent. No, 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 no. And you know what you do here to make it a little bit more plausible? 
you go back to what we always suggested. Make it so there's a little bit of something something going on between Clarkson and Isabel. You know, that yeah. he's like, actually, I kind of like the cut of her jib. I'll give her this. And it's like, it's just because you're smitten with her, brother. <laughs> That's what yeah, it well, is. <laughs> there is the great moment in this episode where where it's towards it's after the everything has happened and Dr. Clarkson is in the big house and I, I think he's talking to Robert and Robert's like, well, mm-hmm. so it's so it's Cousin Isabel's idea that got this done. And Robert, Dr. Clarkson's like, well, it was both of us. It was both of us <laughs> together that did this. It's like, yeah. you shut up, dude. And then, and then he just wipes the, the milk mustache off his lips from the, the what he drained from that guy. <laughs> He's like, I got a secret to tell you. I'm a cannibal. <laughs> I, and it's crazy because we watched all of Down and we just forgot about that detail about Clarkson. He likes the taste of people. <laughs> He's had the most dangerous game and he can't turn back. Yeah. I mean, what else do we forget about? That's why he wants all those World War One people around. He's like, they're dropping like flies. Send them my way. I'm going to eat good. Love it. I love to eat them. I mean, what other details do we forget about these characters that come up uh, later in the show here? Well, the, um, oh, there's the great moment. I mean, where we haven't even gotten to a main event, but there's the moment where <laughs> Mosley is there and the Dowager's like, your dad must be thrilled that you got a job so you're not living with him anymore. Oh, yeah. So there's right. we immediately establish that Mosley's a bum who, who, you know, he's a failure to launch kind of guy from the get-go. Yeah. Thank yeah, God he has his job. Best. He can live in a twin bed with Mr. Spratt. Or whoever's <laughs> yeah. there with him. Um, it's funny too because this episode is forty-seven minutes, so it is really small. Uh, Gw- <laughs> I mean, Gwen has got a parcel. We don't need to yep. interrogate that too much. Uh, she's going to be a writer, maybe. Who knows? Because she sent out her resume, right? Isn't that what it is? Yeah. Uh. Oh, okay. Um. What do you I got? think? We're I th- no, I think. It really is just the main event that's left. Uh, uh, unless I I'm mean, we, we did gloss over the Mary and Matthew like flirtations yeah. that happen with the the sea monster and the the mm-hmm. princess or whatever the the story is. Yeah, where she's clearly alluding to the fact that Matthew's trying to get you know the, the world is trying to put Matthew with her and she's she will fight it tooth and nail. But Edith mm-hmm. is like, I won't fight it. And we get the classic Edith look where, like, Mary says something and then it gets her wheels spinning in her head of some kind of plot to, to do. And Edith mm-hmm. always gives the same look in season one where she's kind of, like, looking off in the distance, like, thinking. And you know she's up to something, but you can also kind of tell there's not much going on in that brain there with Edith. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's got, got ways to go before her character becomes something interesting. Yeah, she's got one track mind, and it's just taking down Mary. Yeah, it's men and Mary at this point. Yep. No she loved the yet, cousin, though. the dead cousin. That's right. <laughs> Eventually. Uh, well, I think we just can get to the main event, right? Yeah. I do. This is. I was watching this episode thinking this has got to be like the Mr. Sparkle of Downton Abbey. Like, mm-hmm. this is not, for those unaware, that's like a very famous, in, you know, in the Simpsons fandom story about Homer being a Japanese mascot. Yeah. But it, then when you watch the episode, it's like two scenes. Yeah. And, and the cheer, the cheerful Charlies, as we've gone on record and said charming many, many times, the cheerful Charlies is barely an issue here. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's really just to serve as a comeuppance for Carson's behavior early in the episode where he, he's a little bit too stern around William. And mm-hmm. then he's perturbed because he receives a letter. And so he, he's a little bit short when, like, Anna's off to do something and he's asking Hughes, like, what's going on with Anna? Uh, don't worry. Don't worry about it, Carson. 
Um, but yeah, a guy yeah, named Anna Charlie. sees him stumbling with a bunch of food. Yep. So that scene that we alluded to earlier, talked about with Bates and Anna, they get interrupted by a man at the door, and no one is in the house because, as they say, there's a traveling salesman at the bar. Mm-hmm. Even Mrs. Hughes had to go see what this traveling salesman was up to at the pub. So, who is it? It's Charles Charlie Grigg. Yes. And he busts in the house. He goes, I'm not leaving until I talk to Lord Grantham. And he just stomps right in there. He kicks the door in, and he's saying, I'm making myself at home until I get paid. Mm-hmm. He even calls Bates chum. Like, yeah. don't worry about chum. <laughs> well, Bates is like, I'm going to hide. I, I, let's come with me. We'll have you hang somewhere. And he goes, no, 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 you're not luring me and hiding me in a corner. I'm hanging out wherever I want to hang out. And it's so funny to me because, like, the number of characters on the show who have kind of done the same thing where they've made themselves at home waiting for the big boss man to arrive. On the list of the hierarchy of those characters, and I can't remember exactly who they are. I just know that Charlie is on the lower end. <laughs> He's not. He doesn't have that much uh, sway to be holding court like he does here. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that's like Mr. Murray. The lawyer goes and hangs out in there. Oh, yeah, Instead or like Carlisle, you know, the roll off the red carpet, and he's just like, I'm just going to sit right here until, like, Mary shows up or someone. <laughs> but they bring him in, and then Bates is like, Anna, go find Mr. Carson, which we have another uh, outdoor shot. Her running, breathlessly. Anna running, and she just turns the corner, and Carson's there. It's like, what good timing. I don't think we've seen anyone in such a rush in the entirety of the show except for this moment here. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and the Dowager trying to get to the hospital to stop the adrenaline from happening. Yeah, that, that too. Um, yeah, so Carson gets there in a rush, and he's just unhappy to see this charming Charlie, cheerful Charlie character there. Uh-huh. Who's threatening to expose their history of performing for audiences where they sing and dance. Uh, yeah. And that threat lasts for literally 30 seconds because Robert walks in the door <laughs> asking, what's going well, on yeah. here? Yeah, it, it's it feels like it's like two sentences where he pulls out like a flyer that's like cheerful Charlie's that doesn't incriminate Carson at all. It's just mm-hmm. a name, but Carson's like, "Yep, that was me. I used to yep. sing and dance." And I then can, I'll resign. I understand how well, uh, this brings shame to the house. <laughs> and he's like, "I think what he should have said was like, I stole food and I put this guy in an empty cottage. Yeah. I'm very sorry about that." No, but, but what, what happened was the guy just stole from the till. He didn't share uh, evenly their profits. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's when in, on their uh, on their act. Mm-hmm. But so Carson puts him up just to try to appease him, and he goes, "But he didn't give me any money." That's what. I, yeah. Greg says, "See, this dude didn't give me any money, and I want my money. I want to get on with my life, mm-hmm. squeeze him dry." And then Robert's like, uh, "I don't know, man. How, how about this? How about I give you twenty bucks?" And then you leave forever, and if you come back, because I know you're wanting for a crime, apparently, I'll make sure that you serve time for that, which will be life in prison. Mm-hmm. And Greg is like, oh, okay, I'll go. It is quite literally like 20 or 30 bucks at most. <laughs> he hands this mm-hmm. guy, and he's like, we don't care about Carson's past, man. Get out of here. And Carson's like, wait, I don't need to resign. They're like, no, man. It's kind of funny. And then Bates no and Anna are based. They're basically like the only people that really know about this. Yeah. And they're saying like, we really just need to kiss his behind for the next month to make him feel like a human. Yep. While laughing so about is, it at the same time. This is where, where you came in on the Lord of the Grand oh, Lounge. Wait, wait, wait. The one thing 
Okay. What Robert says to Carson though, is it true that you sang and dance? And, and Carson's like, yes. But the look in uh, Hugh Bonnefield's eyes when he asked that question is like, I think he kind of wants him to say, you know, did you enjoy it? And Carson says, no, I did not. And it's like, I feel like Robert was thinking, it'd be great if he enjoyed this because it would be great to have some entertainer around the house. You yeah, because all we got is William playing the piano downstairs. He kind of stinks. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of disappointing when he says, no, I hated it, because I think Robert's kind of looking for that entertainment there. Yeah, who's not looking forward to that? Yeah. But, Dave, as you're saying. You posted this in the Lords of Grantham Lounge. You, you, you asked the question, mm-hmm. did the reveal of Carson being a cheerful Charlie happen too early? Yeah. Yeah. And you no, say, I, was, I, was, I was in the shower last week. That self-serious, <laughs> and the self-serious image of Carson would have been funnier if it came later in the show. Then again, it would have been harder to buy later in the show. So, so yeah, going to go into further detail. Well, yeah, I was in the shower and I was just, uh, just thinking to myself about Carson singing to himself mm-hmm. <laughs> after uh, he learned the news that Hughes had beaten oh, that cancer. Hughes is sick. Yeah, yeah, and that's a, cl- a callback, I think, implicitly to the cheerful Charlie that he used to, you know, perform. And so he has a bit of a he can carry a tune, and and so you only can think about that if you're aware, unless you think that Carson likes to sing to himself which we've never seen him do really much up to that point but you, mm-hmm. it only really comes to mind when you think of his history and but it is a strange thing that this is episode two where we're really just learning the characters and we're just hit off the bat with oh Carson may be serious but he wasn't always that way and yeah they don't make much of it for throughout the rest of the series really it, but it just feels like something where it's a, it could have came later in the show where it is a funny bit of th- a funny thing to find out about Carson, but I feel like it would have been funnier if it came around season four or season five. Like, wait, what? But at the same time, there is that challenge of like, do we buy into this for this guy who we've known to be so stern for so long? Uh, I just feel like Julian Blue is lied a little early here on using that 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 story. Yeah, I mean, I I think that. If they did more with it, it would have been better. I think it's kind of like the the not necessarily the worst of both worlds because I I am, you know my response to that was he's one of the big characters that you can identify as like this is who this is within yeah. an episode, and I I think if they don't humanize him quickly, he becomes too much of a monolith of like the ideals of Downton. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it's it's good, but the fact that they don't really play it up and well, maintain it. Well, they do bring it, back Charlie a few seasons later to say he's dying. Yeah, Carson has to help him out. Yeah, they have uh, to get him a job at the theater. But still, I feel like they could have done that as like one arc, actually, and it would have worked just as well, maybe. You know, where you're mm-hmm. like, okay, it is a little silly to find out that this was Carson in the past, but then you have like the drama that goes along with it to kind of make it earned. Um, or you could do like a big talent show at Downton and they... They bring in some big singer, and the singer falls ill. They need somebody to step in last minute. Carson. Yeah. And the other thing, too, I was thinking about, too, is, you know, with Wonka coming out, are we going to get Carson singing and dancing? And if, if it is true uh, that Jim Car- Carter uh, can actually sing and dance, what a wasted opportunity for Downton <laughs> to not have him sing and dance. If that is the case that he can do that as uh, Abacus uh, Crunch, Munch, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's great a, writing no, mouthful of a name but yeah i i don't know I'm, I'm i'm still 50 50 on whether they should have revealed this so so soon but they didn't capitalize on it the way they should have 
But I don't know how much later you do it without it seeming too hokey. Yeah, that's fair. Especially once you establish his relationship with like Hughes and Robert and Mary, that he's mm-hmm. this like he's been there forever and he's loving. I think it, it gives him a wrinkle early. Yeah, that's fair. But I think that just about covers that episode. Nice and short. Nice way to end mm-hmm. our little doubt and run because I don't think we would have ever found ourselves at season one, episode two, unless the fans suggested it. So yeah. thank you to Judy. Thank you to all the other individuals that suggested episodes that we watched. This was a nice diversion mm-hmm. while we waited for Gilded Age. But you want to get into these power rankings? Yeah, I'll kick it off. Uh, number three going down, I got John Drake. This guy had every okay. fluid coming out of him. Uh, <laughs> they were just pumping it out. It did not look too hot. Uh, and then the fact that he survived only to – well, actually, it should be the Drakes actually going down because okay. this guy survives only for Edith to come around and home wreck a season later. This lady is saying, like, I want my husband to live. And it's like, you don't know what's in store. This guy's going to treat, teach this one girl to drive a tractor, and then she's going to drive a tractor through your marriage. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the, should and she will, she'll use that driving skill to get jilted mm-hmm. at the altar. Basically, the domino effect of, of this one moment with the adrenaline shot changes lives. Right, because, yeah, that's right, because Edith learns how to drive that impressive straw and that continues down that path. All they had to do is just keep the fluids in this guy, but no, Clark, Clarkson was Isabel like, never would have gotten promoted. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's true. Clarkson, needed, he needed his soup. It is crazy how much this really had repercussions here. So the if Drakes people are going talk about down. Pamuk being the one being like the one Catalyst. lingering ghost of Downton, but I think saving this guy's life is truly. Would Edith have learned how to drive a, a, a tractor? Would Isabel have ever pro- proven her merit as a as a hospital person or a, as a med- medic uh, advisor? Well. You yeah. go with that way on the bottoms. I got I got cheerful Charlie Grigg at number three. Because okay. sure. this dude comes in and he's like, I already squeezed you for food. You already stole from your boss. You're already breaking the law by hiding me in this house. Now mm-hmm. I want to embarrass you and destroy you and get more money and make your house look awful. And they're like, nah, get out of here, bro. Yeah. Go to go Not buy yourself serious. a five for five at Wendy's and you're going to be, that's all we're giving you. It's like, see ya. <laughs> Or better yet, go to go to Burger King and get the the two Whoppers, uh, Whopper yeah. Juniors for five. What's the 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 duck and the dog? Is that the name of the pub in town that they that Carson oh, yeah. is going into? They're they're What's running the, a special of uh, a potato and soup uh, for for five dollars there. Yeah, and not Clarkson soup. Nope. That's uh, you know I think that's a rough rough go for Greg's. Yep. Well, number two going down. I got Lady Mary. She's got a stick. Uh, <laughs> up her butt about this whole thing with Matthew and mm-hmm. you know as much as Matthew may be transfixed with her for a moment she does not see it with him uh, and she's just very negative this whole episode about the situation where even Cora snaps at her too where she <laughs> says will you listen to me for one second of your life which is like whoa <laughs> uh, didn't realize we're on, on that course of terms between the two of them right now but mm-hmm that's what Cora tells her. You're going to have to marry your cousin. And Mary's like, I don't kiss cousins. And Cora's like, you're going to have to do more than kiss you, a cousin. You're going you're gonna to be kissing this cousin. You better like it. Uh, so that's bad news for Lady Mary. And I think the thing is, once she gets with Pamuk, does she realize cousins aren't that bad? Oh, this episode, we also skipped over the fact that she's talking about Napier in this episode. Oh, yeah. She's excited for him to come visit. So right. we know what happens there. The friend zone at Napier. Okay. 
Who's number two well, for you, Dave? My number two is is not Mary, it's Matthew. Because he okay. is such a brat this week. Mm. He's like, oh, I don't want to be an heir. I don't want this. But he's eating good like, in the neighborhood, man. He's just eating biscuits off plates, sipping tea. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he, but it's so it's like so frustrating to see him treat Mosley so poorly. And I would put Mosley on this list, but the fact that Matthew's like come to Jesus moment is a is a talking to by Robert mm-hmm. is a reason why Matthew's like, all right, fine. I guess I got to be nice to these yeah. people. Like he doesn't seem to want this as much as he right. seems to be doing it. So no, that that's true because he wants to work and stuff, and he's treating the doubt like it's a YMCA. He's like, wait, you can have a meal here? You guys got showers too? <laughs> I can get you can clean? have a good time. <laughs> you can Hang out with the boys. Time? Whoa. Uh, yeah. So I don't I don't think Matthew had that bad of a week, but. For me, Charles Grigg is going down at number one for all the reasons you said, Dave. Twenty-three bucks. Scene, <laughs> bing bang, and he's gone. This guy carries himself like he's some hot stuff, and it's just no, you're not. He's a wanted criminal too. Like I think we gloss over that 100%. when we talk about him. And also, you're only one half of the charm. It's a cheerful Charlies, man. We, yeah, he's just you're jealous. So, yeah, and you're so unmemorable. We think of you as a charming Charlies instead of the cheerful Charlies. So you failed. Yeah, you <laughs> ultimate you fail. We're going down at number one. I got Violet. Okay. Because this is a big L for her. Because I think this is not, this is like a shameful loss for Violet. When Mm -hmm. she goes running, she goes, I got to stop this woman that I barely know. And, you know, this starts with the introduction where Isabel says, Well, what should we call each other? And the Dowager's like, How about Lady Lady Crawley and Mrs. Or, you know, Lady Dowager Countess and Mrs. Crawley? How's that? She's like, Let's keep this a business. And then she tries to bust in at this life-changing surgery and stop it to yeah. the point where this woman, the, the man, Mrs. Drake, says, I don't want my husband to die. And the episode yeah. ends with Violet conceding. The episode ends with Violet conceding, and now she has to share the responsibilities with, with Isabel. Huge yeah. spit in the face to Violet. That's fair. No, I, I totally agree with those reasons there. Well, Dave, who's going up for you, man? Well, I disagree with you because I think these the Drakes are here. They're not dead. <laughs> because if Violet got her way in that moment, or mm-hmm. if Isabel was not there, he would die. He would just be dead. Yeah. Him and them watery like, bar- ankles. Up. <laughs> Cheers, brother. They cheer together. We would love this yellow stuff here. No, um, there's not too much else to say, you know. Yeah. Drakes, they live. Yep. Well, number three, I got Charles Carson. The the guy mm, gets out fair. of a tight bind there with uh, his reputation being uh, tarnished, and no one has to know all the better, and he learns a lesson to maybe be a little bit more kind to the supporting staff. I don't know if he learns that lesson. We'll see. He does apologize to Bates, but I don't... <laughs> Something tells me he's not going to be nice to William. Yeah. <laughs> it's only until William goes to war does he uh, learn something. <laughs> yeah. Either way, though... Uh, Abacus Crunch. Keep an eye out for him. You can get yeah, a shirt uh, with Abacus Crunch on it now. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Don't tempt our later. fans. <laughs> Number two going up, I got Robert Crawley. Same. Same. Dog. This is a good week for Robert. What a week. I mean, he he bails Carson out, and mm-hmm. he doesn't blink an eye about the fact that he was a, a vaudeville performer, you know, whatever the prototype of that is. And then this talking to he has with Matthew, he goes, this to you, this is nothing to you. This is my life's work. This is what I'm about. Yeah. I will include you in the running of this estate, my man. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Why don't you kick rocks and get in line? Yeah. And there's a rare moment at the end, too, where I think they're talking about what Isabel had done uh, in the library. And the look on Hubonaville's face is kind of laughing, you know, at the thought of his mom, you know, getting caught off guard. And it's kind of a mm-hmm. rare, like, laugh or chuckle from Robert that I feel like we don't see. There's a just certain level of amusement that's different in his look there. Oh, yeah. Well, if Robert's number two, I think number one's got to be Isabel. 100%. Absolutely. She comes in like a bat out of hell. She's like, look, adrenaline, Dr. Clarkson. We're yeah. doing it. <laughs> and uh, she even sips a little bit of the adrenaline. Tastes good. Uh, Feel good. My heart's beating. <laughs> pump, pump. Uh, and then uh, she also is the one telling Matthew, like, calm down, man. We got a house. We got we got all the, these servants now. Things are going well for us, man. Lean into it. Yeah, we it. got this weird, weird old man who's following us around. Like, get used to him. He's nice. He means well. Yeah. She's living a life, man. She's and she episode ends episode as the president of the hospital. This is a huge. This and Lord Merton might be her highest highs because we know that she spent so much time with Ethel. Yeah. And the the war, you know, efforts. She peaks. Mm-hmm. She peaks right here. She's like, look, boom. This is me. Yeah. You're in my world now, Dowager. This is my son's house. And she's not even trying that hard for it, honestly. She just mm-hmm. says, I saw my ex-husband get some adrenaline one time. It worked for him. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. My last part, parting thought in this episode, Dave, is just, what if Cheerful Charlie came back and said, I have something to tell you guys. His name isn't uh, Carson. His name is Crunch. <laughs> Abacus Crunch. <laughs> He's Abacus. Remember that Wonka and debacle that happened in London? <laughs> it's a shared universe. Yeah, let's share the universe of Wonka with Dallin. <laughs> I mean, it's the same era, same time frame almost. Yeah, um, don't, don't, yeah, this, uh, don't start any rumors now. Yeah. Well, next week we're returning back to Gilded Age. We'll do that finale. We'll talk about that and get back into the season and swing of things with that. Dave, have you been watching anything else? I, wa- I finished Love is Blind. Oh. Same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really that pause. This, what a wretched season of this show. <laughs> so bad. So incredibly bad. Just a waste of time on all fronts. None of the people are enjoyable. Relationships aren't very fun. Just not with it. No. And uh, you know it's like a real half-baked season. Where they like make all the there's only two weddings. Spoiler alert! If you yep, and and the, they knock that all out in one swoop, and then right. they have the reunion, and the reunion doesn't even have everybody that you want to see. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and yeah, I, I know they're gonna do it after the altar. I don't really care. Um, yeah, because but, you know all these controversial people are not gonna be in it. Yep. I started watching Love is Blind Japan with my mom over the weekend, though, because we were just like, we just need some good Love is Blind, something different. My mom's already watched all of Love is Blind Brazil. She's, she's already caught up oh, with really? all that. Oh, yeah, she loved it. Love is Blind Japan, pretty good, too. They're much, much more direct. They, they are, uh, uh, yeah, I feel like they, they talk a lot more in the pods. They get through a lot more, uh, whereas I feel like on the show here, they're just ready to get famous and get out of the pods. <laughs> yeah, or just be like, sociopath like Uche and just crazy person try to destroy people yeah have you watched anything else Dave 
Uh, nothing of note. More, I mean, I have more Golden Bachelor. More. Oh yeah, I watched some nothing Golden of, Bachelor the other day too. It's the, that guy's it's, got big it's hands. It's addicting. <laughs> and everybody cries. It's great. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. There's just something like sad about seeing these people so like toppling over themselves for this man. It's like at, at that age, it's just like I don't know. There's probably a lot of other options out there. <laughs> it beats these twenty somethings in Love Is Blind just being miserable with each other. Sure, but the, I think I feel like they're actually pursuing fame or influencer stuff more than anything on these other programs. Whereas I don't know about these women here. They're just like horny old ladies trying to get married. <laughs> more or less, yeah. What about you? You been watching anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just a lot of football. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Well, I, I watched. That. I had the Jets game on on on. Sunday, so good game. Lost a yeah. lot of money on it. Don't be like me, folks. <laughs> uh, You're gonna be like uh, in that gambling den with uh, with Andy and Mister and Uncle Thomas. Honestly, just losing my shirt. You're, next week when we record the pod, I'll just be wearing a wheelbarrow. <laughs> that's that, that's the way to do it. Yeah, the suspenders and a, and a barrel. <laughs> exactly. Now the time to hit hit you with some plugs that are not gambling related. If you need to find our podcast, you can find us on any streaming uh, platform that's out there with podcasts on it. Leave us five-star rating and review if you so choose. You can find all our catalog on our Podbean website. If you'd like to subscribe to our Patreon, we're recording a bonus episode right now after this episode, uh, Talking Being Human with Aiden Turner uh, on it because, you know, of all things Poldark, we like to talk about stuff, and it's the Halloween time of year. Uh, And we have other episodes on our Patreon as well. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, x whatever it's called and uh yeah we will catch you next time on the pod